Welcome everybody to another episode of Cat Dead Details Later. This is Josh, speaking as always with Cole. I just had my second dose of uh, COVID vaccine, so I expect to be sprouting my third arm at any time. Uh, today we watched The Manor, and good God, this, this to me was nearly on the level of Tommy Wiseau's The Room, without the same sort of classic... You know, you're tearing me apart, and all those things. Like, it just is... Man, I... This entire thing is just a confused mess. There are some... There are some parts that I'm really happy that I saw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is... It's... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm left reeling just thinking about... Like, I don't... It's one of those where it's like, what was the point? Congratulations on making a finished product. Of course. I, yeah, like, I really just want to emphasize, like, I am so proud of everyone who can see their art through. That is definitely a thing I want to get better at, is just saying, like, you had a vision, and you, you fucking made a thing. Like, that in its own right is uh, Absolutely. hats off. Hats yeah. off that you completed a project. I mean, like, I struggle with it, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to finish something, because once you finish it, you can be judged. Yeah. So I, I really, really want to drive that home. However, <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to say it without sounding like a no judgments. I just have my thoughts. Yes, and I mean every, everything. Like just the the level of confusion. I felt very uncomfortable in a lot of scenes. This kingdom. is the type of film that reminds me of how impressive acting is when you're like, oh. It is indeed a skill. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things that we take for granted because we are always treated to such wonderful talent. You know, I think to, to that point, I think it also, I think it's even easier, especially with something that's well acted, it's it's even easier to take writing for granted. Oh. Because this had such a, I found the writing was very poorly executed uh that's the most constructive way that i can say that i mean i would i think that actually a couple of these actors did a reasonable job with the things that they were given none of the dialogue between any characters felt like they were actually talking to each other they yes. they were like teleprompting each other in conversation which is actually probably how we sound sometimes when we talk wait we talk to each other i didn't other. think about that yeah but it, it's like no no normal people speak There's... that way there's no element of jazz, you know. There, it, 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 yeah, like I think with almost any good feature production, you can almost feel those few elements of improv improvisation. Totally. And this felt very like whoever wrote the script was just like, no, no, no. Having watched the film, it seemed like they're trying really hard to like add these layers. I can almost picture what they were going for in terms of like, a, I, I don't get it, but like there's there's like this element of like they want a chess to somehow reflect. yeah somehow 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 chess was like the overarching theme but also the metamorphosis of a butterfly was that, also a big part of it but in conjunction with chess mm. you know it's sort of like a cosmic gumbo <laughs> the, the the chess aspects the, the chess aspects were bizarre and i don't think any of that hit no <laughs> oh, okay so first off a little quick sidestep how good is chess oh chess 
Chess is dynamite. Chess is anybody like, ever said like anybody's ever like, hey, you want to play a game of chess? Fuck yeah, I do. I always want to play chess. Chess is the game. I mean, like, I'm not that good at it, but it, does, it, it doesn't it's matter. Just enjoyable, and every right? time you play, you get better. Like it's so dope. Chess is so cool, and I think that the nice thing is that chess actually would make a great platform on which you build a film. It's like oh, certainly chess is going to play into this. Like man, I can't wait to see like who's who and like th- that's such a huge missed opportunity. I don't know. I, you know what? I think that was the only successful thing in the film because we got that fucking little ditty out of it. And I'm never going to be able to look at a chessboard again without hearing, I am the white pawn. Clash, clash. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. That was one of those, um, this is a long song moments. Yeah. He and goes. It, like, and he it just goes. kept going. And then I even like, hand to God, I was sitting on the couch beside you. Like, this is 10 minutes ago. And I fuck, well, I don't know. Whatever. It was like halfway through the movie. But. I pull up my phone and I'm looking up the lyrics because I think like this must be some sort of weird like sea shanty or something that like has existed. Like I'm sure these lyrics are out there. Like this is a song that they're just no, no, it is made up for the film. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that the this dude who was singing this song and talking about chess, I think he was the best actor in the entire film. He he, feel, he felt like the only person who was acting at all. He had he because he didn't will. feel like he was acting. He felt like a natural person. <laughs> I mean, in the Ish. weirdest way, where like if I knew is it him, like checkers? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! One of the things I enjoyed about the movie, if only for the sake of comedy, was the fact that we have all these flashbacks to him teaching his son how to play chess, and at no point in time does he actually teach him anything. Like he, by the time he leaves, this kid has no. Not, not even the smallest amount more knowledge of how to play this game. I think he actually knows less than when he came in. Yeah. It, like, at at that some White point. Pong song, when he's like, ah, now, you know, to the casual observer, he seems like the weakest piece. Until I am the White Pong. Yeah. And he sings this. And like, well, okay. So after this, like, song, what is what does the pawn do? Like, what's his purpose? Like, oh, it's all about the kingdom. Oh, the kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. Yeah, like, that, that was the weirdest final exchange. Like, protect the kingdom. The kingdom? The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. That and, kid was so... Oh, man. Yeah. There are a few times... Like, I think at one point he might actually have looked at the camera. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do those little smiles. Like, oh, jeez, oh, um, Louise. Yeah, but he he did like a bit for almost every piece. He didn't touch up on the queen, the yeah, freaking the, queen, like the coolest piece. Like, oh, it, the, easily like everybody's favorite. Oh, it's not. I mean, it's not my favorite piece, but what? No, I'm a knight guy. I like the L shape. I, I like the L shape and the jumping over things. I think that's very cool. Do we have any more chess stuff? Because we should maybe even try and like piece this film together. Oh, man. I, I'm sure I'll come back to chess at several points in time. I, I just, like, man. Maybe through talking about it, we're going to unlock something, <sighs> some hidden meaning. I'm going to yeah. say probably not, because this is the second time I've seen this, and it's still... Uh... <laughs> I'm very confused. Anyway, this film follows uh, an 18-year-old uh, mental patient called Amy. Uh, it's her 18th birthday. She gets released from a mental facility. In She was put in there because of some incident that we come to find out i think she killed her father and rather than taking her home her mom picks her up and decides to bring her to the manor to see her cousins and aunt and uncle in on neutral ground 
to try and reintroduce her to society because I guess she's been she's been uh, locked up for four years or something like that. This family, this is everything. Just oh, this it it's insane. Everything about this movie is about cousins. One of the production companies is called Two <laughs> Cousins Productions, which I've since Googled and found zero information. I don't know if it actually exists, but every, like every facet of this film is about cousins in one way or another. The fact that the production company is called Two Cousins and there's such a heavy underlying theme of them being like, I think it's okay for them to smash... Yeah, I want to talk to the two. You know what? Maybe I'll, I'll just not for me to. That, that's not my place. It just—it's a thought that crossed my mind. Yeah, because the <laughs> the the idea of cousin fucking comes up often. I, like the, there's that one dude I can't remember the the oh, Darsaw. Darsaw. Okay, Darsaw. Darsaw pulls aside one of our other characters, the cousin Trevor. Trevor. Who actually also does a pretty good job. I, he reminds me of like a Canadian television actor. Like he's this got, whole thing felt like a Canadian television production. Like, I, I guess, thought that that's what it was, whoa. and then I looked it up, and it's all American. That's wild. Yeah, it's insane. This, this has our yeah, yeah it has um, our our sticky maple syrup fingerprints all over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. But so Darsaw and Trevor, like he pulls them aside to to lift a cooler from the bed of his truck. To just outside the bed of his truck. Yeah, they go nowhere with it and just sit there and drink beer. Yeah, like why couldn't you have just grabbed the beer and just 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 kept the cooler? C- couldn't yeah. you, could couldn't you have just if you were going to if you wanted to take it off the truck and then take it over to the manor? Couldn't you have just driven your truck over there and then unloaded it and then moved your truck again? The whole thing. I mean, I guess the he wanted to get Trevor away. Yeah. But still, no no need to move the cooler, and they just end up yeah drinking beer. Oh, this dude is also jacked to the tits, by oh, the way. Like, yeah, holy he's a, fuck, he's a professional wrestler. Oh, that makes that chick so Yeah. Blondie. What's what's the deal with you and Blondie? Yeah, she's uh, pretty cute. Like, he just sets up this conversation to, like, insist that, you know, he really wants them to hook up. But, like, the guy's like, yeah, yeah, she's my cousin. No way. Yeah. Hey, well, actually, okay, kind of way. We already smashed one time. Yeah. And then... Back when I was 16 and she was 14. Like, yeah. uh... I think you already said it, but just like, yeah, cousin schmuzzin. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, fair game if you ask me. And then, yeah, he just like really, really just keeps driving that home. <laughs> yeah, real hard. And then proceeds to get really close to Trevor and take him in an embrace and start whispering softly that, you know, Maybe take your girl, and I'll find me a girl, and then later tonight we can explore each other's rooms, and, you know, maybe explore each other as well, and starts rubbing his face with his beer bottle. Mm. I mean, Trevor makes a really funny look at this time, almost almost to the camera being like, zoinks. Yeah. But it's it's just, like, what, what is it? What is it? Yeah, it goes nowhere. <laughs> they, 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 they never follow up with that. No. It's, it's just, there's so many of those scenes where it's like, oh, I'm sure this will come back. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everything is a dead end. I, I also, like, dead ends and typically, assuming that the writer wants to do somewhat of a, a cohesive piece, there's a ton of research yeah. that goes into it, right? Like, oh, yeah, like, I wonder how, like, this type of person interacts, blah, 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 blah. And this one dude who's from, they have they have a they have a name, the, the hippy-dippy people. Like, oh, um, the uh, True Believers. The True Believers. Their leader is played by another professional wrestler named Kevin Nash. Ooh. And he's a gigantic man. He's huge. Yeah. Uh, this guy kind of 
pulls Amy aside when Ollie... Ollie? Is that his name? Oh, yeah. So there are three brothers. Ollie, Darsaw, and Brett. Brett. And Brett is like this short, normal guy. You know who... He's the vocalist for Godsmack. No way! Yeah, way. No way! Yeah, dude. It's so... It's so... Like... The... The... The manor is like an onion. <laughs> there there are many layers here, none of which go anywhere, but that's such a weirdly specific thing. Anyway, oh, like, so sorry, he just... plays he plays the lead brother. Yeah. And then there's Darsaw, the wrestler, who for some reason is wearing this fur lined uh like hunting cap all the time. And yet has taken off his uh plaid shirt jacket to reveal his guns while he's chopping wood. Keeps the hat on all the time. Uh, and then there's Ollie, who is inexplicably in a motorcycle jacket and a weird leather cap and his yellow sunglasses that change models halfway through for one scene and then go back to... So they're like these mm-hmm. aviators with the metal frames and then they change to like thick black framed rectangular glasses and then in the next scene, they're they back to the back. aviators. Yeah, and the, even the right the writing and the delivery for him is all wrong. Oh my god! Everything is just so uncomfortable, but not in like an intentionally uncomfortable way. It's almost like like you're you're around like you're at a family reunion and there's a well maybe not a family reunion you're at a party and there's a man there who was brought there by somebody else and he has some mental deficiencies that make him. That prompt him to say a bunch of very uncomfortable things and get very close to you and breathe on you. Is that kind of uncomfortable? Yeah. There's a scene where he's kind of like getting a little bit too close to Amy. And this guy who's the the head of the true believers kind of interjects. He sees what's going on. He's like, hoo hoo, not on my watch, bucko. And he pulls Amy aside. Which is like, that that, that part's cool. You're like, all right, this guy seems like an all right dude. And he doesn't necessarily do anything wrong, but when he's talking to her, like he's like, you know, like, talk to me. What, what's going on? She she actually opens up and tells him that she's got these horrible mental health problems. Yeah, she has paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah, and she has illusions, uh, hallucinations. And twice his rea- like reaction is just like, bummer. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not a therapist. But like, Damn, dude, that sucks. Well, if you ever need someone to talk to you... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Here's my card. I appreciate that, but you have been no help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this movie also kicks off with a family dinner uh, when when they all meet up. Uh, Amy comes down from her room, and her aunt and uncle and two cousins are there. And Blair, her the I guess the sister of this Trevor dude, is inexplicably dressed to go clubbing in a very tasteful yet provocative number uh she looks great but is also a giant bitch at that dinner (laughs) and here actually is where some of the writing is almost successful like she says something to amy about uh uh i think she's like like what what was life like at the funny farm or like something like that and trevor (laughs) comes back at her and says uh is your ass jealous of all the shit coming out of your mouth? Which is almost like it's almost successful, but it reminds me more of like <laughs> that line from VHS two where it's caught you sticky handed, you little cum dick. Like it's just it's so nobody 
Nobody is. <laughs> no one says that. Yeah. <laughs> like, although, just having lived life and having been an idiot for the majority of it, I mean, like, there are definitely things that come into my mouth where the minute yeah. <laughs> that I say, I, I can hear my 50-year-old self mm-hmm. in the 1986 Stephen King adaptation of my life, like, ooh. Oh, I do that to myself daily. A little, a little bubble of shame pops up into my head, and then I have to relive a horrible memory. Yeah, you you hear the Christmas story narration, of like, but I didn't say fudge. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. What did you? <laughs> when you pull yourself aside in your mind, sorry. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, like the writing. At least it seemed like they were trying to create characters here yeah and it didn't necessarily stay constant throughout the film like no. these people have a few little things like uh, the one girl's uh, like a beauty i don't know what i'm looking for here she 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 has her thing with makeup right like you know she she's got some characters yeah she's a rather materialistic and uh i mean she's well put together of course but like she's pretty clearly like uh, surface level kind of person, mm-hmm. and then Trevor is he. He comes off a lot more pompous, and I, 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 I really liked where his character started more than where he ended up. Because even though he seemed like a much worse person, I just liked that we had that character for the sake of kind of uh, a variety. Like the, the way he's holding his wine glass mm-hmm. whenever they're having their banter back and forth, and he does that little like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, how droll. Yeah. There's also that scene where he and Blair are like smoking a joint out on the stump. And actually their chemistry together probably was the most cohesive out of anybody in the film. Like those two actors actually worked well together and kind of seemed sort of believable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she like makes reference to him. Have, oh, because he's, he's ragging on her for not having fucked any of these hunters that showed up. And then she brings up the fact that he banged his cousin and then he, that stops him and he's like huh, yeah yeah you're uh yeah that's funny <laughs> yeah and then it okay and then it cuts away which brings up a point that was burning in my head as i was watching this the camera work in this film is awful if i were in a film class not even film school but like a film portion of my class or something and, like, some of these scenes, like, yeah, you're going to do a scene and, and make some stuff. Like, you're using your classmates as your as your talent. And you kind of procrastinated and had to write the script in, like, an evening and then shoot the whole thing the next day. Like, that's what it feels like. So, the not to say that, like, I know what it takes to make good films with cameras. Like, I, I that, that's not me. That's why I don't do it. A lot of the framing is so strange the cuts like the editing too is just bananas all of these technical aspects of this film were if if using comparison as a benchmark and nothing else it's very i, I just say disjointed is yeah the, is the main word yeah it was all over the map like and i think it's having read about other films that were not successful and they turned out uh, by the average review to be quite bad it seems like very often it's because of the like experiment experimentation aspect where like they, people are learning like this is like a mm. first production like i don't know how to do this so you you try every different yeah. type of camera angle i'm kind of surprised we didn't see any star wipes 
yeah like just like, <laughs> I, oh sorry like that little bit at the beginning when we're i think it's during the the opening credits and it's just the the dude who owns the manor nick anders is him just staring at one of the pieces and he just says the kingdom yeah <laughs> and then it cuts immediately away yeah just you can you can kind of see all these things working under the surface like they the chess was meant to play into it yeah i didn't get it as a viewer the the, the butterfly thing I, I mean that one's a little bit more straightforward it's just the yeah. metamorphosis or whatever but it, that one felt very shoehorned at the end like well, we have all this chess stuff well they i mean the opening credits feature a butterfly and mm-hmm. uh during Amy's shock treatment, the doctor, when hypnotizing her, makes mention that she's a caterpillar. Yeah. And then starts going down the road. And you know what? Upon reflection, uh, it kind of seems like that doctor was in league with Nick Anders. Mm-hmm. Because he says a phrase at the end uh, that totally like switches Amy's mind off or like gets control of her somehow. And has something to do with the butterfly. So, is he working with the Asylum? Also, the Asylum, I'm pretty sure, was the same building as the Manor. It might be. (laughs) (laughs) I also like that at the very beginning of the film, the Doctor just straight up tells Amy's mother, like, I don't think that you guys going to the Manor is a good idea. It might remind her of the accident. And her mom is just like, well, we're going. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you even bring her to us like yeah i mean her mental health is like important and all i just don't really care (laughs) like i booked off two weeks of vacation and i'm going for vacation uh one thing that i would like to say they did a nice job with was the makeup effects most of the time on the demon a few of the shots looked pretty shitty, but occasionally it seemed like their entire budget went into the makeup on this dude. It, it was definitely a step up from, like, the Veronica level. I mean, I, I know that's really not I mean, saying that's much. really dragging um, the bottom. Of it. <laughs> it's, it's just in Veronica, there's one scene with the spider dude where uh, the, the seam of his pants area, like, it, 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 <laughs> it's just ripped. <laughs> like they could have shot him from the waist up, but they didn't. It was just just like a massive. <laughs> All right, like I don't the, remember the, that. The, I mean, yeah, that that film is something else. But I, yeah, you know what? I, I somewhat agree with what you're saying. I I think that with the demon, the shots where he wasn't shown for an extended period, like it was just a flash. Was like, yeah, okay, that, that looks that looks alright. I would also say that now that you've brought up Veronica, and I can't believe that I didn't combine the two in my head. I would much rather watch Veronica than watch this. Veronica is horrible. <laughs> but it, it is it is truly like I have I can't say about many things. I, I was very entertained. Like yeah. Ver, Veronica is a perfect like like that's that's what you're hoping for when you look for like these really bad films. This one has a lot of good laughs. But yeah, Veronica is just like a It's dish a gold that, mine of Especially shit. like there's just one segment. Like it's those cops. The cops. Just, it's all about the gags cops. after gags. I will just... say, uh, dear listener, that if you have not yet listened to our episode on Veronica, uh, go back and do that because uh, it's not bad. One thing I really don't want to forget is there is a follow-up scene with Amy and Trevor hooking up because like he's kind of being a 
good cousin, I suppose. Like, he, he's he's staying around her. He's spending time with her. And then she pulls him aside at one point. He's like, you know, like, thank you. And I've, I've liked spending time with you. And I want you. And he says, we're cousins. <laughs> and I love these, like, smooth lines where it has the same charm of someone putting <laughs> yeah. down a real good one-liner. And she looks him and looks at him and says, I'm adopted. <laughs> they're just in like the middle of an open field. No, yeah, they're behind a gazebo. In front of the gazebo, or are they behind the gazebo? In front, behind. I don't. I mean, know. I guess the shape I of the gazebo be... doesn't. I guess the entrance would be yeah, the front. I guess so, but I don't know. Okay, there, so a I think gazebo near them. I think and a bunch behi- of open space. I think behind the gazebo is where the house is, isn't it? Or was it just open field? Whew. I don't, I don't think it really matters. It doesn't matter, but also I where is the behind of a gazebo? <laughs> the uh, the cousins, their parents. I love <laughs> they start up pretty neutral, and then one scene out of nowhere, the 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 guy's like, "All right, I'm gonna go outside." And she's like, "Oh yeah, you gonna go out there and like get high?" And he's like, "Yeah, just have another drink, Margaret." Like they're just like <laughs> right in each other's throats, and he oh, goes, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah." He's Stupid. There's also a scene where he's sitting on the ledge of the casino and it breaks. And I have a feeling like that was the only part of the film that probably actually happened. Yeah. And the director liked it so much that he kept it in the movie. Um but because <laughs> like the cut after that, like the cut's like, whoa. That was a fun scene. Darson and uh Blair start going to pound town up in his room they do have that nice little little romantic retreat in the back of his truck and have some of the most awkward small talk they play it off reasonably well and to be totally fair i despite what you might think listener i am not so smooth (laughs) with the ladies I'd say that he's actually doing a very accurate de- depiction of uh, what it's like to... <laughs> I think, think that they might have lucked into that actually, mm-hmm. like, fitting. He says something like, Isn't it just the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen? She says, yeah, it's a nice view. I wasn't talking about the view. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at you. Lady, who I'm insinuating is quite attractive. Like, oh, yep. But the view is nice as well. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty nice out here. Yeah, it's a good day. When she's talking to him, she's like, yeah, my family comes up here like two to four times a year uh, to pretend like we love each other or something like that. And then later on, we find out that they haven't been here in four years. So, which is it? Oh, every time I think about bringing it up, something else happens. But what the fuck is a cotton candy social? As you could see. <laughs> I guess we saw it. That was, uh, the, what is, uh, uh, so I guess Nick Anders, who wrote, I'm sorry, I don't think that we're ever allowed to critique dialogue ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah, the, writing us as characters? <laughs> uh, duh, aw, he said. Let me, uh, <laughs> try to read that book. Jesus! <laughs> and then it, every 30 seconds he just laughs for no reason. <laughs> These characters aren't at all believable. <laughs> what was it? Cotton candy social. Oh yeah, so I guess Nick Anders of Anders Manor, I suppose that he rents out his backyard? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> 
don't know why I said that. <laughs> I just rewatched the Austin Powers trilogy. <laughs> It's really soaked in there. Uh, in case you didn't I hear just that, hit my elbow. Yeah, in case you didn't hear that clunk, you just smoked your elbow in the corner. You were saying. So I guess he rents out his yard, seemingly, which is <laughs> why the true believers come to have their cotton candy social. But, and then there's this whole scene with Kevin Nash as the preacher talking about energy and how we are all like atoms and we go apart and come together and... Breathe in with me. Breathe out. And it's this whole very strange conversation sermon thing. And actually, there's a point at which he's standing up and giving this speech. And our cousins all, like, walk through the crowd of true believers and just, like, come, like, right up beside him. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, I can't imagine doing that in a crowd. If somebody's giving a speech and you just, like, walk up right beside them as they're speaking... Seems incredibly rude. Yeah, if you were playing Hitman and you tried to get that close to your target, like, you'd be shot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say, a cotton candy social does sound like something I would like more in uh, the reality in which I would prefer to inhabit. I mean, yeah, I'm a... I'm a I, I don't go to parties. I'm a, yeah, you're a whimsical fella, too. I'm a, that's the kind of thing where, like, you know, like, hey, Susie, I was wondering, like, you got a date for the cotton candy social on Saturday? No, she'd say. <laughs> I'd be like, cool. And then I could imagine taking this girl <laughs> in a world where I had the guts to ask her out, but, you know, still just knowing that you have the option. I mean. Yeah, I mean, we do actually get a taste of that when Ollie corners this, this one of these true believers, a nice, cute, very cute little lady. Uh, she's out there taking photos, and he has this incredibly awkward and aggressive conversation about her taking his picture and performing these really uncomfortable poses. And then he has a vision of murdering her, and then he doesn't actually murder her. It's kind of the same thing that you were just talking about. Like, you get to live the fantasy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I felt like, I mean, I, I do think that the film is implying that that's from his point of view, but I felt like it made more sense. From her point of view, due to how uncomfortable I felt. Like, just, you're out there, you got your camera, you're like, oh, damn it. Like, you look around, why am I by myself? And why is this the guy? Yeah, like, take some photos of me. Like, I don't want to. (laughs) You also have to, because you're like, I don't want this guy to crush my skull. Um, He doesn't really let her leave and get the hell out of Thank goodness she got out of there. And Mm -hmm. we do have confirmed evidence of her leaving. She gets in a car and we watch them drive Mm -hmm. away. That just reminded me of... There's a point at which everybody's outside and talking, and then they split off. So Trevor and, and Amy go somewhere, and, and Blair and, and Darson go to his truck, but it's like twilight. And then when they go to the truck, it's just full-on afternoon again. Hmm. And then by the time they come back, it's nighttime. So there's really no like continuity of time. Oh, and I don't know what the time horizon was in how many days this was shot. But I do think that there was a scene where, and I know he's wearing a hat for a good portion. I could have sworn Trevor's hair was notably longer. There's also like so many strange, bizarre little cuts for, I guess, the visual effects. Some felt still not good. Slightly higher budget. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a scene where I guess like the demon is just, he's like he was yeah. puppeteering in the, in, I think he's in the woods and he's looming over. The, yes, yes. It's, it's when Trevor and Amy are, uh, 
kind of making out and then she sees this vision of him just like <laughs> it, that to me felt a little bit closer to like uh, one of the nightmare on elm street like sequels where they at least had a bit of effort put into a special effect yeah i was almost thinking more of like a are you afraid of the dark yes that's actually a perfect example of the quality that they achieved i just felt like it, it seemed like it was a little bit more cohesive in terms of a lot of the prior special effects and special effects that followed were like these weird flashes and it's accompanied by a strange like noise yes. but it's not like an actual it's, it's not like the usual little sting where it's like you know the, the scary sound this one yeah. just it felt like a free effect that you got off of it <laughs> it was the horror equivalent of like a half empty soda bottle hitting the floor <laughs> like, <gasps> oh yeah <laughs> just, yeah oh it's just a half empty soda <laughs> yeah. bottle oh that's it's gonna be flat <laughs> yeah definitely nothing frightening about this film yeah i think like many other films i i really think that the only people that this could possibly scare would be like the youngest of children yeah uh, where i mean the visual in. of the yeah. demon i'm sure exactly would, like get some people because yeah. like it's a again not a bad makeup job no the makeup job was fine yeah. I, I remember my my grandma used to watch ah i can't remember the name of it it was it was like a Christian soap opera. When I was like a, a super young kid, like four years old, there was a scene I walked into like the living room and she was watching her soaps. And because it's a religious show, there was a scene where I guess like these two people have like premarital sex. They do something that's like against the church. Well, Long story hot. short, the devil shows up and horrified me. I, I like I ran out of this room. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and as an adult, like I was like, oh. Like, I frantically searched for the scene to see what it looked like. Just like, because I remember, like, I, I was shook to my core as <laughs> yeah. a child. Like, nothing, I, I, I didn't feel safe in the house. This brings up a small tangent in sort of a similar vein. There is a scene that I saw, I would have been probably five or six, maybe four, but, but in the, within that three year range. So it would have been 95 to 97 or so. And all I remember is. Uh, my mom was watching a movie with some of her friends and I, I looked at the screen and there was a dead woman in a room and she's got bright red hair and she's like, her dead eyes are like staring at the camera and that petrified me and that image stuck with me to this day and I have not been able to find what that is. I've tried describing it to her, to my mom, and she's like, I have no idea what fucking movie that was, of course, because how mm. would you remember just a random movie from 1995? But I gotta find it, because I need to know that it happened. I mean, I'm, I got, I, I, yeah. I am the white bun. Yeah, sorry, I want to touch on that a bit more, actually. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that, when he really starts getting into the song with yeah. like his, his, uh, his verse about... Uh, with my shield, I'll protect my king. Clash, clash. Like, that was kind of dope. I was going to say, the, the funny thing is, I think that a lot of what made these scenes so bizarre is the age of his son. Like, if I were three, like, <laughs> yeah, like, this guy is going full into being a dad. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome. You'd remember that. Like, oh, my dad used to sing me these chess songs, and I can't remember them, but they were fun. And he'd show me all the pieces and make funny voices for each other. I did, like, his disgrace. <laughs> but he's going like He a... starts riding the horses yeah. at night. Like, What's this one, Dad? Like, <laughs> I'm riding to battle yeah. with my friendly companion, the silly bishop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm wacky. Yeah. <laughs> he like, is explaining this to as chess to, to a three-year-old. Yeah. yeah that is like, what he's doing. And he, like, pans over to his, like, 17-year-old son who's just, like, smiling. Like, 
The kingdom? The kingdom. Puts a lot into it. I mean, so you can't be mad at him for that. It's like, it's just so... And my dad taught me how to play chess. Lucky. And he taught me, <laughs> like, immediately, just like, oh, I could pull up a chair, son. And you, know, we, you play through the game. And it's a really interesting game, and there's so much cool stuff to tell, but, like, floored me when this guy walks away. Like, I'm just picturing that kid, like, looking at the board and like, hey, wait a minute. Oh, also... When he first, in the first scene where he's like, Dad, what's this game? <laughs> yeah, he does the, like, is it checkers line or whatever. Yeah. The, the pieces are already in the middle of the board. As, as oh, though, as, as if they've already been playing. As though they had been playing. That was weird. I mean. Maybe his dad was the kind of dick who's like, hey, kid, I got a game to show you. We're going to play it halfway through first, and then I'll start explaining it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that I have the upper hand. Start playing a game of Monopoly. I'm like, once I have a little bit of capital, yeah. then, then the game will unfold. Really was expecting him to do a follow-up, like more of a talk about like why the pawn's important. Because he started out being like, ah, yes, he looks me, call me outside. And like, the cool thing is, if you play chess, you know how like, like the, the pawns are super important. Well, I was going like, to say that, like, cool stuff that you get to talk to. I've talked to chess people who say that the pawn is their favorite piece. Oh, man. If you, oh, oh dude. The when you unlock the potential of a pawn... Oh my god! I play I played chess at the bar uh, on football Sunday last year against my buddy Andy, and he's like good at chess. And for the first half of the game, I was crushing it. I was making moves he wasn't seeing, and like I love playing chess, but I'm not the kind of guy who can think like seven moves ahead. I'm very reactive. So I'm but at this point I was like I was in the pocket. I'm setting up good moves and everything, and I made one mistake that he capitalized on, and then I made another mistake, and then boom, boom, boom! I kept making mistakes. Um, but at a certain point, I think in our second game, I looked and all of my pawns were gone and he had 99% of his pawns. I think I had taken one. That utter control over the board was just so impressive. Getting a pawn to the other side of the board is just the most like... Yeah, you really did it. Yes, flex. I prefer to flex my brain by playing trivia. That's how I flex my brain. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> um, all right. We got. Do you, do, you, do you have any final thoughts? Before? Uh, yeah, I have the uh, happy birthday, dear daughter. <laughs> I think <it> was, <laughs> this this guy. I feel like he's a he's a really big deal in his town, where he plays a lot of. Uh, he he's on the stage a lot. He strikes me as a a step up from community theater. Like this is a this is a guy who really cut his teeth, uh, walking in the wings, as they say. I think. Anyway, he's a very grandiose performance. Uh, it, it doesn't really fit, but I, I like I like this actor. He's got a nice craggy face too, full of holes and wrinkles and nooks and crannies. I don't know what's happening now. Oh, oh yeah, okay. And he has this re- okay cousin fucking number two. He has this revelation where Amy is his daughter, a product of his former relationship with his cousin who we've seen in flashbacks, now we know that that's who that was, who looked just like Amy with a dark wig on. No. Um, We know now. So Amy is the product of his incestual relationship with his cousin. She gets adopted by this other woman who's tied up in a chair. Then he says this phrase about a butterfly, and then all of a sudden she calms down, cuts her mom's throat, uh, and then goes and... What does he say? He's like... Come give me a big hug. Oh, it's a big hug. Yeah. Oh, and in fact, speaking of things he says, when they come to the house, he greets them. 
Oh, and he says something super weird. Uh, we'll, we'll snug you right up or something to that to that effect. It's just a very strange... Again, the writing is just a very strange thing for a person to say. Anyway, we cut away to the future. Amy is now wearing tall leather boots and leather pants and is pregnant, obviously, from her relations with uh, Trevor. Which I was going to say, like, oh, yeah, the cousin fucking did it again, and here's another one. But they're not related, so that doesn't work. I mean, obviously she got pregnant, but it's a very sad. And then she calls up the reverend for some reason. She's got a butterfly tattoo. Yeah, she got a cool temporary butterfly tattoo. Yeah, that tattoo was... didn't look real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she seems a lot more confident of herself, and and that's where we left it. Twenty. That's your rating? That's my rating. <laughs> I did have a lot of laughs, but I don't know. It was it was not a laughing with you kind of thing. It was laughing at the expense of the film. I think I only laughed because I was watching it with you. I think when I watched this alone the first time, I didn't laugh at all. I, th- I think as far as a recommendation goes, I have to say, like, please watch this with people. Like, this is a, yeah, have a couple of drinks if that's your thing. I think it would give you some some nice uh, inside jokes, too. Like, cu- Cousin Schmuzzin is no, you're tearing me apart, Lisa, but it's it's still a nice little inside joke. <laughs> Cousin Schmuzzin. <laughs> oh, and, and if, if nothing else, you leave the movie with, I am the white pawn, clash, clash. That element of clash, clash, I wish that he hadn't done that. I kind of wish he didn't do the full thing, but I, I mean, I'm glad that he I'm did. Glad, I'm glad the he did the full I, thing. I, I just... You know, for that song alone, I will move my ranking or my 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 rating up to a cool twenty. Now, I would love nothing more than to see these writers, directors move on and 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 make something even better next time around. Like, never would want to see someone quit just because they made something shitty. Because <laughs> We've all made mistakes. Uh, oh, another little detail. As I was Googling all of the actors and stuff, because some of them are total smokes and I'm a creep, um, I noticed that like a ton of them had been in Christmas movies together. Oh, like Hallmark movies? Yeah. I love Hallmark. Man, I love, I love, I love. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you get it. I, I love like the Hallmark rock. Okay, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> cool. No. <laughs> When Christmas rolls around, maybe we'll find a couple and catch up with these guys and see, like... Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Man, I, like, I love oh, them. I love them. They're so good. Like, they're, they're, they're not. They're horrible, but I love oh, they're just... Oh, yeah. Dan Harmon posted a thing on Instagram, uh, like, last Christmas where there's... I don't know. He, he he was really getting into them, and there were some funny ones. I think one involved some twins. It was a... Uh, oh, I think I know the one with nice. Vanessa Hudgens. No, this was oh, this was a lower ca- lower tier of, of <laughs> actor. They couldn't afford Hudgens. No, no, no. <laughs> I was actually surprised that they got Hudgens for any of them. That was... Yeah, she's really uh, she's really doing well for herself. She's doing well for herself. I like Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, all right. I guess we got to... Uh, so... Hopefully some people can recommend us films like this in the future. And if you'd like to do that, you can do so at cddlpod at gmail.com. You can also reach us at cddlpod on Instagram, that one's a, that's a pretty hip avenue. Whew. Checkmate. All right. <laughs> Bye. The kingdom. The kingdom. No, 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 no. <laughs>